Everybody, welcome into this edition of the WTOC Sports In Zone podcast. Jake Wallace, Lindsey Goff coming to you Friday, December 4th. We are in the second round of the state playoffs in the Georgia High School Association. Lindsey, normally only the best teams in the state are left playing in December, a few more this year than normal as uh, the season, of course, was pushed back due to, to, due to COVID-19. But uh, we've got 15 area teams still in action in every class that we have teams, obviously nothing in 7A, but from 6A to Class A public, we've got at least one team competing tonight trying to reach the state quarterfinals. Uh, last week was really eventful, I thought, for a first round. We had some teams like Metter rallying for a victory, trying to avoid the upset. Islands comes all the way back. Uh we had games on Friday and Saturday with, with 4A and 2A. I thought it was a really, really eventful uh, first round of the playoffs setting up for today. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest games maybe last week, just out of curiosity for me, was Benedictine. Just because they had had several weeks off due to games being canceled. And we kind of talked about this in the podcast. We wondered how they would come out. It is the playoffs, but also with that time off, was there going to be any rust or anything? And that didn't really seem to be the case. They beat Troop County uh, by a touchdown, 42-35. And the offense still looked good. So I think BC still rocking and rolling heading into this Friday night. Yeah, you mentioned the offense. I mean, they were as explosive as, as ever last week against a pretty good Troop County team, Justin Thomas, the Georgia baseball commit with four touchdowns, and it shouldn't be surprising. I mean, you look at the weapons on this cadet team from, from Trent Brodnax to Thomas to Zaquan Bryan to LaShawn Brooks. I mean, they've got not just really talented offensive players, they've got home run hitters all across the field, guys who if you give them a little bit of space, they're going to take it for six. And then, of course, Holden Garner at quarterback makes them even more lethal. Um, yeah, I had wondered about the rust factor. I mean, a month off without a game is is tough to do, and especially when you jump right into playoff mode where you don't have a lot of time to kind of get your sea legs back under you. I thought Benedictine handled it really well. And so because of that, they're in the second round for the ninth straight year. That's the best in our area by far. And taking on a Cairo team tonight that comes in on a five-game win streak after an 0-4 start. And so you might look at the Surrett makers and say, well, their record, you know, how did they get here? But you look at them and you look in their schedule, the first of the year, they fall to 0-4 playing teams like Fitzgerald, who's 11-0, teams like Thomasville, Bainbridge, who's a region champion. So the – the Surrett makers are coming into this game having played some really top competition. I still think Benedictine's going to be favored to win and probably should win, but this is a, a Cairo program that I've covered in the past. Uh, it's a proud program. They've got a lot of talent, a lot of history down there in Grady County. They play big boy football against some, some really top teams. They're not going to be intimidated. They're going to come to Savannah thinking they can win. I think it's going to be a really interesting game. You mentioned those losses that Cairo had, and I talked to uh, Danny Britt, and he told me that those back-to-back losses that BC had back in October uh, really made them a better football team. He said that when you play teams that are as good or 
better than you, um, it, it propels you forward and that that helped prepare them for now, even though they did have that time off. Yeah, they, they play Benedictine played a lot of playoff type games this year. And, and listen, we mentioned this is the ninth straight year they've been to the second round. It, when you sign up to play at Benedictine, you know what the expectations are. You know what the what the process is going to be like. They they don't expect, you know, the playoffs is just a formality for the cadets a lot of times. And so, can they get to the quarterfinals tonight? A win tonight would would do it. And I think this is a really dangerous team that's playing pretty good football throughout the year. And and like we mentioned, that offense is is good enough to to take them as far as they want to go. Okay, so for some more on this game, Lindsay, you had a chance to speak with. Benedictine head coach Danny Britt earlier this week. How's this week of preparation been for you guys? It's been really good. I feel like, uh, you know, the kids are excited and, and, and have done a really good job of, of staying focused really over the past, you know, months because uh, uh, they were finally excited to get to play. But now now it feels like it's coming really fast. So they, they've done a good job with it. Um, you know, we're just still still fighting COVID like everybody and trying to make sure we're we're ready with all of that. Are you guys pretty healthy right now? Yeah, we're missing uh, we're missing a couple uh, because of uh, you know contract contact tracing, but uh, other than that, we're pretty healthy. What did you see last week out of your team? Because you guys did have such a long gap between games and kind of hopping right into the playoffs like that. Yeah, I was I was really proud of them. I thought you know the. They did a good job, uh, but there were some things that were obviously there. Uh, the physicality was not what we wanted, um, both from a run game perspective and from stopping the run. Uh, I think that's kind of normal after a, a month, you know, four-week layoff. It, it's probably pretty normal. You guys had those back-to-back losses way back in October. What do you think your team learned from that, and did it almost help you guys – refocus and move forward, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the losses were two very, very good teams. Um, you know, losing to Ware County, they were better than us. And uh, you do get better. I mean, when you play people who are better than you, you get better. I don't think Appling was necessarily better than us, but a very good, very physical football team in a tough environment. Um, so, again, I think we got better from that. We learned some things about ourselves. We we're able to really study the film and look at it and see some things that we have to do better. So I, I don't mind, you know, in fact, I like playing a really good football team because it makes you better uh, for the long, in the long run. Can you give us a, uh, I guess, breakdown of Friday night? What are we looking at? Yeah, definitely. Cairo is a very good uh, football program. As most people know, I mean, long time, solid football team and program. Um, so it's going to be a big challenge. They have a lot of guys that can are big and can move on defense. They run to the ball well, play very physical. Um, offensively, they're primarily a run. I think it's 82% run uh, football team. They do a lot of different formations, a lot of spread stuff, but really the main idea is either get the ball in the quarterback's hand or, or number three, their main running back. And they do some RPOs and all off of it. That's the primary goal is – number 17, their quarterback, or number three, their running back. How do you think that your team will handle a team like that? Hopefully we'll handle them well. Hopefully we'll play well. 
uh, I think we are set up, you know, to, to, to do well against them. Um, you know, tr as of late, we've been really hard to stop. Uh, can really score some points. I think we have a chance to do that again tomorrow. And hopefully if we, if we play sound defensively and, and can get them on the ground and get stops, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. You'll have to excuse me. I didn't have time to look up previously, but is there any familiarity between these two programs? Have you guys played before? Uh, we played once, I believe, and it was probably like 12, maybe 13 years ago um, before, you know, I was here uh, and, and we lost to them. We played them in the playoffs. Um, Dennis actually put that in the paper uh, and I, I had a, some alumni tell me that, but uh, that, that's really all I know. So kind of a fresh start, I guess, for you guys. That's right. That's right. Yeah. How excited is the team to be at home? You guys are in the playoffs, and they're kind of getting back into the groove of things now that they've got – you know, they had that break. Now they've got another game under their belt. Do you feel like you're kind of back into midseason form? Uh, yeah, I sure hope so. I hope I hope we are, and um, the, the kids are excited, definitely, uh, definitely excited to play at home. We just found out, uh, you know, Georgia High School does a virtual coin toss, and no matter who wins, if we can win this Friday – uh, no matter who wins from the teams we are playing, we will be home again next week. So they're excited. I told them that today. So, so great opportunity for us to, to make a legitimate run here. Uh, but we got to take care of business on Friday night. Anything else you want to add or want to say? No, definitely. I just want, uh, you know, as big a crowd as we can possibly get out there and, and, and come out and, and support the kids. All right. Thank you so much. And you heard him say it there, if they win tonight, regardless of who else wins or loses, the cadets are back at home at Memorial Stadium here in Savannah next week for the playoffs. So um, as if winning wasn't enough incentive, uh, getting to play in front of a home crowd for the cadets for another week would be exciting heading into the third round of the playoffs. Yeah, the cadets can get to the quarters. They'll be at home against the winner of Northwest Whitfield or Riverdale. Another game in that class 4A, how about the Island Sharks? They got their first playoff win in program history last Saturday, did it in dramatic fashion, 22 fourth quarter points to rally past Hardaway, 22-18. The Sharks now 7-1, and one, and they're going to travel down to Bainbridge, the land of Kirby Smart, to take on the Bearcats, who won the region title. They've won seven straight games and come into this game at 8-3. and three. Lindsay, the thing about Bainbridge, you know, this is a team that won a Class 5A state title just two years ago and did it kind of in, in Cinderella fashion, went on some giant winning streak after like a 1-5 start to the season, stunned Warner Robins in the title game to, to win a state championship. Uh, lost in the first round last year, but a team that has a lot of experience and a lot of guys that understand what it's like to, to go on a deep run in the playoffs. The thing I question for Islands and Lindsay, you know, I haven't spoken to Deshaun Print up this week, but the fast start question is always one that that kind of gets me. Like I've never heard a coach say answer the, "Hey, do you guys need to get off to a fast start?" I've never heard a coach respond with, "Oh no, we're going to wait till the third quarter and then we'll see if we can get it going." Um, but I wonder if just after last week, where it just felt like Islands could could not really get it all fully in gear. I wonder if maybe they try to force the issue a little bit on the road against a pretty good team. Maybe you take some deep shots, try to get a guy like Langston Lewis going or continuing off of his big fourth quarter in that victory. 
Is that something we see tonight out of Islands? I'm interested in seeing that because, you know, like I said, I haven't spoken to Deshaun Print up this week, but you know he's telling his guys, look, last week was great, but we can't make a living spotting teams 18 points and waiting till the fourth quarter to put points on the board. We've got to get going and, and get it in gear early. I wonder if that's something the Sharks have talked about this week. Hey, we're going to try to go out and just, you know, get right on it from the start, maybe force the issue a little bit against a really good Bainbridge team. That's that's kind of the same thought process I had. This isn't Savannah High. Windsor Forest beat them um, just a couple of weeks ago, and Hardaway had a chance to beat them. It definitely could have happened. So Islands, they're ta- as talented as they are um, and as remarkable as scoring 22 points in a quarter is, you can't live and die by that. <laughs> You've got to score some early points and get off to a hotter start, especially as you progress through the playoffs. And, you know, we were talking about BC and how they're used to being in this position. Islands is the other end of the spectrum. They're not. Anything they do from here on out is kind of history and precedent setting for that program. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how they come out, or it will be interesting to see how they come out and respond to Bainbridge, a team that has been there and, does know what it's like to make a run um, and see what this Islands team can do because they are so talented. Um, but it's just the fact that they haven't been in this position before. Yeah, kind of playing with house money on the other side of the coin, though, with that. We'll, we'll see what happens tonight down in Bainbridge. A game happening in Atlanta tonight, a top-10 showdown in Class 6A. Richmond Hill visiting Westlake, two nine-win teams clashing tonight. Richmond Hill, 9-2 and two on the season, their third straight second-round appearance for the Wildcats. And Ashad Robertson did, Robertson did not have a prolific game last week, didn't really need to against a, a, a lakeside team that, that came in with just two wins. But the dude is just shattering records for the Wildcats. 1,463 rushing yards this season. That's a school record. I'm, I'm not a mathematician, but 37 yards gets him to 1,500 on the year. You're doing work if you get to any kind of number with a comma, especially one with a five after it. So you know what, what Richmond Hill is going to do. They're going to try to run the ball, and, and we've said this all year. They want to run the ball. They've got Kenyon Hunter, who's a great change of pace back from Roberson. Hunter actually did it on both sides of the ball last week for the Wildcats. Um, but I'm interested to see how they – how they fare going against a Westlake team that's nine and one ranked number three in class six a and their offense is prolific they lead the class at nearly 41 points a game averaging nearly 500 yards of total offense and Lindsay this team has really turned it on the back half of the season the Lions have scored 42 points or more in six of their last seven games they started the season scoring 27 or less in their first three. So it's really clicked for Westlake since October. And they're going to face a challenge in a pretty good Richmond Hill defense and an offense that can really milk the clock and, and make you not have the ball as long as you typically want to. Yeah, Richmond Hill, pretty good at dominating the time of possession, which usually works out to their benefit, obviously, with a 9-2 record. Um, you know, Richmond Hill, after last year's run, the goal was obviously to make another playoff run. Uh, so I think they expected to be here at this point. I think that was their goal for this season. Um, but you can't just be content with that. 
Um, and, and I don't think that the Wildcats are. I think they want to get over that hump and maybe make a state championship berth. Um, so I, I expect Richmond Hill to come out firing on all cylinders this Friday night. And, of course, I haven't seen Westlake personally, but I, they seem to be a very explosive team and probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest challenge the Wildcats will face this year. Yeah, and that's saying something because Richmond Hills play a lot of really good teams. We'll see uh, what happens tonight in Atlanta. But, you know, a win like this on the road would would certainly get you going. It's it's not going to get any easier should Richmond Hill win. They'll get the winner of Decula and Alatoona next week um, should they win and then potentially get to the semifinals, you know, the other bracket. You've got Brunswick. You've got number one Lee County up there, uh, I think, uh, River Ridge and Rome's. I mean, they're, they're, listen, they're, there's no bad teams left if you're going to make a run, but a win tonight over Westlake, I think, would certainly be uh, something for Richmond Hill to hang their hat on, a team that hasn't lost a whole lot this year and has been playing their best football of late are the Westlake Lions. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Listen, Richmond Hill's confident, man. They, they're never going to go into a game thinking they're not going to win and win big. I love that about them. I love that about their coaching staff. Um, you're going to have to beat them, and uh, we'll see if Westlake can do that tonight against a pretty good Richmond Hill team. Lindsay, the, the stunner, I guess it was a stunner for about two and a half quarters last week, was the number one Metter Tigers trailing Turner County at home 13-0 midway through the first half. A fake punt helped the Tigers kind of get some offense going. They score, and they eventually come back to win 20-19 to and survive and advance. The Tigers now 11-0, their second straight, looking for their second straight state quarterfinal appearance. And they're at home tonight against a Mitchell County team that's on a five-game winning streak. And that's what we've seen a little bit this year, Lindsay, is teams that have had – Rough starts due to maybe, hey, we weren't able to practice a whole lot beginning of the year. We had some guys that were out, some position groups that were down, you know, starting off 0-3, 1-4, and, and, and things like that. And now they're back to full strength. They're playing kind of in, in their weight class, so to say, and they're winning some games. This is a Mitchell County team that's going to come to the jungle tonight that's playing really good football. We mentioned they've won five games in a row led by senior quarterback Quantavius Hunter, who's scored 25 total touchdowns this year. Uh, he's going to be the focal point for the Eagle offense. I think the Metter defense is going to look for a little bit of a bounce back. You know, that Turner County team's big and fast, and they're gonna, they punched Metter right in the mouth last week, and it took Metter a little while to respond. I wonder if the Tigers maybe don't try to, to be the aggressor in this game and, and maybe see if they can uh, put Mitchell County back on their heels early. Yeah, kind of an uncharacteristic game for the Metter defense. They had allowed like 23 points uh, up until last week when they allowed 19. Um, so definitely an off week, I guess you could say, for them. But regardless, the job got done. They got the win. They survived. They advanced. Um, I, I don't think we'll see that <laughs> again this Friday night. I think they're going to come out. Uh, what was the words you used last week? Hunting. <laughs> hunting for turnovers and hunting yeah. for touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, I think we may see that tonight. Yeah, so and a better win, they would be at home next week, I believe, um, since they are the top half of the bracket. 
They'll play the winner of Warren County and Macon County uh, next week should they advance past the Eagles from Camilla tonight. A couple other notes. Our, um, oh, Go ahead. sorry. I was going to say yeah, our Dow Kennedy went out to Metter earlier this week just to talk about, talk to the community about the excitement. And, you know, I think we mentioned how much um, small towns love and support their high school football teams, and they are excited in Metter uh, for this playoff run. So certainly some fan momentum up in the stands doesn't hurt anything either. Yeah, I think the jungle is going to be rocking tonight, especially after the comeback victory last week. Um, a few other notes just from kind of around the brackets. We've got Calvary Day on the road tonight. The Cavaliers can reach the quarterfinals for the fourth time in five years tonight with a win over First Presbyterian. Calvary actually beat FPD earlier this year, a 25-point victory back in October. So they're going to look and see if they can make it two in a row over First Presbyterian and, you know, that, that program, man, you can set your watch by them. They're going to be – they're going to have a lot of talent. They're going to be really good. They're going to be well-disciplined, well-oiled machine, and looking to get back to the round of eight for the fourth time in five years. How about Jeff Davis? They're going on the road tonight to Louisville to take on the Jefferson County Warriors. The Jackets won their first playoff game since 97 last week, a win tonight. They can be in the quarterfinals for the first time since 1990. Lance Helton uh, – trying to complete the turnaround for that Yellow Jacket program that hadn't seen a lot of success over the past few years, and, and they are rocking and rolling right now, taking on a really good Jefferson County team uh, tonight in Louisville. How about Glenn Academy, the Region 1 seed out of 2-6A? The Red Terrors have been a terror of late. They've allowed just 11 points in their last five games. They haven't given up a touchdown since – Mid-October, they're hosting number seven Langston Hughes tonight in a game that should be a blast down in Brunswick. So a few of those games. I'm really looking forward to that Jeff Davis-Jefferson County game tonight, Lindsay. I think that one's going to be a barn burner. Yeah, I think uh, Jeff Davis-Jefferson County. And uh, I'm excited to see what Calvary Day does as well. We've got a really good slate uh, happening for us, you know, once we hit the playoffs, we never really know how many, <laughs> how many games we'll have to cover week in and week out, but we've got a full slate tonight, uh, which is good news for us. It's good news for the viewers and it's good news for all of our high school football teams. So, um, no complaints over here. Yeah. 15 teams in action tonight, 15 teams trying to reach the round of eight, uh, happening next week across the state of Georgia. Lindsay and I are going to have all the highlights and scores tonight coming up for you during the news at 11. Lindsay, you're sticking around Savannah. I'm headed to where it's better in matter to catch another glimpse of the Tigers, and we'll have scores and highlights from around the state, as well as a look ahead to kind of what's happening as teams try to reach this state quarterfinals. Uh, should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of the best times of the year. It's football in December and uh, there's no bad teams left. It's all good teams, all gas, no breaks, and we're going to be here to cover it the rest of the way. Lindsay, thanks for the time. We'll see you tonight. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you during the News at 11. Thanks for listening, everyone. 